it was the week of Thanksgiving and um, home with my kids in Indiana and my son who has a young lady that he's interested in that also has two daughters same age of my grandsons and we're sitting in the living room and sometimes I have a tendency of speaking before I think I'm getting better at it so the the daughter comes in about I think the five-year-old she comes in she's crying and crying and comes over to mommy she's crying and, and she's walking by I said what's the matter honey somebody tell you there's no Santa Claus my son gets this look on his face and Ashley gets this look on her face, and, and I've never really been rebuked by my boys before. He goes, Dad, why would you say that? It just came out. I mean, there's no man that fat can live that long. <laughs> and and, and I, learned, I learned that, that part of the global warming, warming process is the North Pole has melted and it no longer exists. So what other conclusions do we have? Well, whatever your belief is, I trust you've had a good Christmas. And um, maybe not got everything that you wanted, but you're here today, which is a testament to God's provision. Thank you for being a part of, of what we're doing here today. Pastor is taking a uh, very uh, well-deserved uh, day of rest and Pastor John is, is on a vacation for a few more days. And Pastor Jason's on assignment to uh, Hammett ICU. And here I am. So what I want to share with you today, and, and, and Pastor's aware of, of everything that I'm saying and what I'm talking about in the concept, but I can, I can say this. What I'm going to share with you today, you have never heard from this pulpit before in this, in this form and fashion. And you've looked at why don't we have handouts? Why don't we have something to write on and fill-ins? And you're kind of used to, to that. But what I've decided to do this morning is this. Something that has become a passion for me, something that Barbara and I have, have worked on now for the, about the last six months. And uh, we're going to be showing you some visuals and we're going to be bringing some people up on, on the platform and going to be sharing a personal story. So I wanted your undivided attention and so that's, that's why there are no handouts this morning. But do you realize, as, the, as, as my, my title is, Unto All Generations, do you understand that for the most part, when the Scripture talks about generations, it refers to a group of people who live or lived in a certain period of time. Or it could refer to a group of people who are of the same ancestry. It talks about generations. And you say, well, what is so unique about what you're telling us this morning? The uniqueness is this. About six months ago, we knew that here at our church, and we, we talk about community, and we talk about family, and we talk about followers of Jesus, and, and we talk about the, that the whole kingdom of God is about right relationship, and, and we're understanding that. And yet at the same time, part of what I'm doing, and I'm saying, God, there's got to be another step. There's got to be another key to kind of get us from where we are to where we're going. And I'm thinking about so many times within our congregation, we hear about our children and how great they are and inside out and on and on in upward soccer. And that's good. We, we want that. 
And then we hear about our youth, and we hear about the summit, what's going on, the great things that are happening there, and that's exciting. And then along comes Tuesday night and young adults, and we hear about young adults and Adam and Danielle and all their gang and all the great things that are happening in Chi Alpha. They get thrown in there, and, and we really, it's really neat to see what God is doing individually. And then I had a lady come up and say, Pastor Don, what about us? And the us she was talking about were those who fall into what we call the boomer generation. But what about us? Because the kids are doing great over here and the youth are doing great over here and young adults are exciting over here and Chi Alpha is exciting over here. But what about us? For the first time in the history of our country, we have four generations represented in the workplace for the first time. In our church, right here at Erie First, we have six generations that attend this church every Sunday. Six generations. And I will have to admit, after doing a lot of studying and I've been reading, and Barbara and I went to a conference we'll tell you about in a little bit in, in Dallas in 1st of November, I have to admit there's a lot of things that I have said and I'm just going to use myself as an example, but I think it may apply other places. There are things that I have said and I have assumed out of ignorance. Out of ignorance. I didn't know. And I look at those Gen Wires and I think, those munchy rugrats, get them out of here. You know, just a, they're a bother. And I look over here at the silent generation. Those are the, the basically the 89 to 107. <laughs> you know, and it's like, it's like, move them on. And, and I'm looking at these generations, and, and, and I have been guilty of this, and as I'm speaking about this, many of you are going to come to the same conclusion that you have drawn conclusions about certain generations that you know nothing about. And that's a little bit of what we're wanting to dispel this morning to help you to understand that for us to be a family and a community and followers of Jesus, we have to learn how to become an intergenerational church. Because one of the biggest disadvantages that we would ever have is that we identify simply by age and never learn how to bridge that gap. So not only are we four generations in the workplace and we're six generations in our church, we also come to an understanding that there are 40% of Americans are over 50, and there are 10,000 boomers coming on the scene every day. And for those of you who are in those younger generations, listen, because someday you will be there. And yes, Jeff, 25 years down the road, we're all not going to be in the same place we are this morning. So listen closely as to, as to how we're kind of laying this out. Robert Heinlein said this, a generation which ignores history has no past and no future. So in order for you to kind of get a concept of what we're talking about today, we are referring to the GI generation, the silent generation, the boomer generation, generation X, 
the millennial generation and the generation Z. Every Sunday we meet together, we have six generations represented in our church. And this is why that a lot of times that when, when John is putting together worship, and one day I said to him, I said, John, do you remember, do you know that you are actually ministering, leading six generations in worship? And sometimes we get a little antsy because it's, you know, our song doesn't get called and, and our song doesn't get played the way we want it played and we get a little antsy. And when they do it, when they do finally, uh, you know, find something that we like and we enjoy and we're just kind of basking in it, what you don't realize is there's probably another generation sitting over here going, oh my goodness, can't wait till that's over. Man, how, how slow that is. And when pastor preaches... He tries his very best to build his sermon to minister to six generations in this church. And it's not an easy thing to do. So when we identify these particular generations, some of the things that I found, and I, and, and I have a, a boatload of information and those kind of things that, that we're going to make available at a later time, but I'm just giving you kind of a thumbnail overview. Each generation has expressed some form of rebellion by way of their hairstyle, the vocabulary, music, and clothes. And you'll probably see some of that here in just a little bit. So I'm asking you today, what's the perfect age? What's the perfect age? When you were growing up, you couldn't wait to be 16 so you could drive. And then you couldn't wait to be old enough to vote. That was the perfect age. And then for some of you, you couldn't wait to 21 because that means that now you can legally drink. And, and that, was a, 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 that was kind of a, a milestone that you was looking for. And then you just began, every age seemed to have its advantages. And all of a sudden, about the time that you hit 48, you put on the brakes. And you decided, ain't going there because 50 is right around the corner and I ain't going to 50. Can I tell you this? 50 was exciting for me. And you know why? Because Pizza Hut had a gold card. <laughs> Anybody remember those? Pizza Hut had a gold card that when you turned 50, you got a gold card, which, you, which meant that you got discounts on pizza. And the day I turned 50, I ran into Pizza Hut and I said, I want my gold card. Now, I don't know if this is a compliment or not, but I had to show proof of age because she really didn't think I was 50. I was excited about 50. And so I'm rolling along and then before long, I, I look over my back and man, there's 60. And then, then I, I, I take another look and there's 65. And, and this year, 66. And one of the things that, that, that we're trying to help us to come together and understand that every generation that you're going to see represented on this platform this morning has value, has wisdom, has energy, has something that they can contribute to our, quote, church family. And my desire is this. We may not look like a family, but I want us to love and I want us to act 
and live like a family. Now, with that being said, you may say, well, now, you've just been giving us a lot of information that's out there on the Internet if we want to find it. What's the Bible have to say? Well, I can tell you this. The Bible has much to say about generations, and I want to draw your attention to Genesis chapter 17, verse 7. It says this, I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come, to be our God and the God of your descendants after you. Psalm chapter 22, verse 30 and 31 says this, Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, for he has done it. And then one of my favorites is Psalm 71, 18. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, O God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your might to all who are to come. And if you, if you think that this generational, this intergenerational thing is something new, you, all you have to do is go back to Genesis and take a look at the life of Joseph. Young man, God used interacting with kings and pharaohs. Flip over a few pages and read the story about this guy by the name of David. When they come to find a successor for the king and every son was picked and finally they said, don't you have any more boys? And we, yeah, we got this little kid out here taking care of sheep. Bring him in. David comes in just as a young lad. And God said, that's the one that I want to be king. You see, you flip on over and you look about, you look and, and you find the story of Samuel. Hear my Lord, send me. You go to the New Testament and you see the baby Jesus. What a change a baby makes in your life. You go on and you find at the age of 12, he was going to the temple and he was studying and he was learning at the age of 12. You find that he says, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not for such is the kingdom of heaven. All the way through scripture, there's this whole intergenerational thing that's going on. And I don't know how you grew up, but I grew up, my parents had this understanding about kids the kids were to be seen and not heard. So if you were in a gathering and you went over to somebody's house for a meal, the adults went into one room and had their adult conversation and the kids were ushered either if it was nice weather out in the yard or off to another room and don't bother us because we're having adult conversation. That's kind of how I was raised. I believe that as much as we're wanting to be community, I believe as much as we're interested in becoming family, I believe that, that, that God has brought us onto something in the intergenerational concept. Now, actually, Pastor Jason brought this into play about a year, maybe over, well over a year ago, and it just wasn't the right timing. It wasn't the right fit. 
And then we come along this year, and, and, and Barbara and I have been working on this and have been putting this together. But if we're going to have an effective ministry that reaches all ages, we must make the shift from being a multi-generational church to an intergenerational church. You see, that's going to require change. And do you realize that the only person that likes change is a baby with a full diaper? We just don't like we just don't like chains. We did, that, that's why it's good to get those diapers that holds up to 10 pounds. You don't have to change them quite as often. Um, so here's what I want to do, because you, you need a visual this morning. So here's what I'm going to do. I've, had some, I've asked some friends to help me, and I'm going to ask them to come up and, and take their place starting to my left over here. So representing the silent generation, Ray Wisniewski. Ray, would you come up and, uh, and take this chair right over here? Representing the boomer generation, Margaret Osborne. Margaret, please come up and take your place in this second chair. Representing the Gen X generation is Don Miles. So Don, would you please come up and be seated here in the third chair? And then representing the millennial, uh, Danielle Renduli. Danielle, are you here this morning? There you go. Come on up. And then the Generation Z, uh, Joey Frano. Joey, come on up here, buddy. And you take this chair right over here. Now, this gives you... <clears throat> glad you could join us. <laughs> this gives you a visual of five of the generations that are represented in this church. The GI generation, the 89 to 107 would be, if you will, sitting over here and and we have very few and I'm not sure that we had those that were physically able to be a part of this this morning. But but take a look at these people and and every one of them have had things in their life that shaped them, that's, that's molded them, that has help make them become who they are. So here's what I want to do. We're going to start, uh, and let me move this uh, out of the way just a little bit. We're going to start with the silent generation, and you may be wondering about Ray. We wonder about him quite a bit. Um, But uh, take a look on the screen, and let's see what happens with the silent generation. So, Ray, I'm going to give this to you, and, and I'd like to ask you, Ray's been a part of what we've been doing with this, and he's been to one of our get-togethers. Ray, I'd like to ask you, what, what has been one or two of your biggest 
challenges or biggest changes that you've seen coming up through these generations to where you are today? Well, uh, there's been many, but uh, I'm very lucky in the fact that uh, I've always had women that would pray for me. I had a Polish mother who prayed all the time, and I needed it. And uh, she got me through the years until I got married, and then I got a wife that prayed for me, and she prayed a lot. She's good at it. I would put her up against anyone. Uh, <laughs> there have been challenges. I've, uh, I had uh, problems uh, before I went into the military. I led sort of a little wild life, as a lot of people do. I went into the military, and I, uh, I spent three years there, and it was sort of turmoil. I didn't know where I was, what I wanted to do. I, I drank and, and things like that. When I got out of the service, uh, I started working, and uh, I think I was, when I was about 25, uh, I was getting the gas in my car one morning when I cashed my check, and I seen a little red-headed girl across the street walking. And uh, I found out later years that uh, she was walking to church, so I got to know her, and now she's my wife. <laughs> but uh, some of the challenges, when we got married, I don't think I was quite ready for it. I hadn't grown up yet, and our early years, and we had four children right away. We had four boys. And uh, it was a little hard, not so much on me as it was on my wife, but... The older we got, and uh, she, we were raised as Catholics, and uh, we went to church all the time, and uh, then my wife decided that maybe Catholicism wasn't for her, and that was, that was a, a place where she went to a Christian church, and she became saved, and I took the boys to, uh, to the Catholic church. So uh, that, that wasn't working out too well either. So then I finally said, well, I'll go to church with you. So we went to a couple churches, and frankly, a couple of them really scared the heck out of me. You know, these people came up to me, and they wanted to hug me and tell me to ask me to tell the story of my life, and that really turned me off. So I, I got through that, and uh, when we came to this church, I said, let's give this one a try. And something, it just hit home, and I got saved, and from then on in my life, things went smoothly, because once I accepted God, I didn't have any excuses. I couldn't blame anything on anybody, buddy. It was me. And when I needed help, I gave, gave it to, to God. If I, if I didn't have a solution, I gave it to God. And he was always there. He always helped me. He always got us through the uh, bad situations. So as we go on, we've been married 45 years now. We had four sons. They're all in their 40s. And uh, right now, I have never been uh, more in love with my wife than I am now. Our life is, is good. <laughs> a, a real, thank you, a real happy day for us if we can start it out by really splurging and go and have a coffee and talking in the morning. 
that's great. Breakfast is a, a good thing for us. And so, uh, you know, we, we are involved with our children. We, uh, we feel as responsible for them now as we ever have, since they were little kids up until now. We cry with them, we laugh with them, but we stay with them. And they stay with us. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm at right now. That's what we're at right now. It's happiness, it's joy, and it couldn't be any better. Thank you, Ray. Thank you. So, Margaret, you're representing the boomer generation. And let's take a look up on the screen and uh, see how your generation is represented. Every time I see you looking my way, baby, baby, can't you hear my heartbeat? In the park or walking down the highway, baby, baby, can't you hear my heart? What time is it, kids? So Margaret is representing the Boomer generation, and she's been a part of what you'll hear about a little bit, the Clubhouse Conversations, and um, just just wanting to identify that. And obviously, time is not going to permit us to have everybody share, but I, I just say this personally for Jeff and Margaret. They are a personal blessing to me. They have been so faithful with the greeters, with ushery, uh, Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, they have just been here and solid as a rock, and thank you for that. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Don, you are Generation X, and uh, there's a lot of unique things about your generation, so we're going to look up on the screen and see what has helped to kind of shape and mold your generation. I want my MTV. All right. I want my MTV. I want my MTV. Twenty-four hours a day on cable TV.
Don, you're in a you're in a Gen Xer, and so I just have a question for you. Do you feel like your generation has been cheated out of history from these two, or you've been slighted out of what's going to be happening for these following? What do you think? I don't feel cheated or slighted. Um, I love that. I work I work with a lot of elderly people, so. Um, I get to hear like amazing stories and, and listen to how they grew up. And that's really exciting because I do get to learn so much from, from other people. And I love the time that we live in. Um, I wish my kids played outside more, but other than that, I love the genera- you know the time that we're living in. <laughs> and um, as far as being slighted on the new things that's coming, um, I don't I feel like everything now is so exciting. Like every day there's a there's a new, both challenge with the with the new stuff that's coming, but it's also exciting to see them learning and growing. And so I, I don't know. I don't I don't feel slighted either way. I think it's really cool that a lot of stuff. I was listening. Um, a lot of stuff is the same. You know, technology's changed, stuff like that. But a lot of stuff that other people have gone through, like older generations, like I was listening about being wild before the military. Of course, I did that for a long time after the military, too. But, um, and then how being saved changes things. And, and then I see, like, a younger generation, and they're getting saved a lot sooner, I think, than, than my generation did. So that's really exciting, and I'm happy for my children and for my grandchildren. So, yeah, I don't, I don't feel cheated or slighted. I, I think life is good, and God is good, and we're all blessed to be here. So you're happy with your generation. All right. Danielle. Danielle is our millennial. Now, you have to understand something about millennials. They're a little bit different. And so sometimes if you get frustrated and you, you're talking to a millennial and you're trying to communicate with them and they don't seem to understand where you're at, so you get out your notepad and your pen and you start to, to write out. See, that, that, that's a problem because... They can't read cursive. <laughs> and so they'll, they'll text you. But I have to tell you that it, when you text back, if they have to scroll, it's not a text. Am I close? For the most part, yes. <laughs> okay, let's look at what happens with her generation, millennials. What? 
right. And then the last one, Joey. Joey Bag of Donuts. We got something here on the screen we want you to watch, and I have a question for you when we get done. So let's take a look here at uh, Generation Z. Joey, very quick question. Answers, I think, that'll be very simple for you. All right? Hold that right up in your mouth. Question number one. Are you married? No. Do you have children? No. Do you have grandchildren? No. So what do you think you could learn from Mr. Wisniewski over here? What could he teach you? That's why they call it generation. Why? <laughs> let, me, let me explain. Th thank you for your comments. <clears throat> the <laughs> what I'm trying to get across, Joey, is this. You have yet to experience none of those things that Ray has experienced, but you will. And as you begin to experience them, it just might be good to know there's somebody who has experienced them before and that he's willing to talk to you or to hear. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing with, with the millennials and with the wise. Here's the thing. They want to know about our experiences. They don't want us to tell them how we fixed it 60 years ago because nothing's the same. They want us to listen to them. They want us to hear them. But, but I've been guilty of this. And some of you, I've had people cross and say, oh, Pastor Don, I got so-and-so, and this is my kid, my grandkid. And I tell them, you just got to get to church. You just got to get to church. Shut up. It's not about getting to church. It's about listening. And if you will listen to them, they will know that you care. And because they know you care, they will talk to you. See, that's the whole thing. So, so all of these, thank you, folks. You can go ahead and be seated back. And thank you so much for helping us. That was a great, great visual, and I appreciate that so very much. But here's the thing. As you have been given a visual uh, kind of reminder this morning in that all of these generations are represented in our church. 
And, and it's imperative that we come to understand that and understand that every generation has value. Every generation has something to offer. And the worst thing that we could do is isolate them in their age group because here's the thing. Do you understand that 50% of high schoolers that graduate leave the church after they graduate? And, and, and we begin to scratch our heads and wonder why. I can tell you why. Because all the way through being raised up in the, in the church, it's like the law of the lid. The only influence in their life has been their peers. And now they get to graduation time and they go off to college and they wake up on Sunday morning and their peers are sleeping in. And they don't want to get up by themselves and go off by themselves. And, and, and there's, there's a connecting thing that happens when we have these generations connected. Now, we're doing great, and time doesn't permit me to, as I said, i got a whole lot more information than I do time. I said to John Hamilton, John has done an excellent job of intergenerational. If, 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 if we ha He's not here. You don't have to clap. He, he's not here. Um, we, have, we have people on the piano who are older, and then we have people who are younger. And with most of the instruments and, and even the singers, John has done an excellent job of that. We have a lady that's, that's working with our greeters, and, and she has brought along this young lady that really wants to be a greeter. And I said, okay, if you're willing to walk along with her, and, and, it's, and it's happening. You see, that's, that's what it's all about. Because with life expectancy extended, and with all of these things taking place in our life, we need to wake up and understand that there's more to life than just sitting around and developing into worm food. Let me tell you very quickly about Clubhouse Conversation. Some of you have heard about this. Some of you have kind of listened and, and kind of got second, third hand about what's going on. What is Clubhouse Conversation? Well, we've, we've done that intentional. We've kept it kind of on the, on, the, on the quiet because we know that another program is not going to solve anything. Another program is, is only going to lock us into something that's going to become a drag and a drudgery. So about six months ago, Barb and I decided... We're going to do a, a query within our church. And we found out that within the Boober generation between 1944 and 1962, that we have 230 people in that category. If you will, untouched people. You talk about going to South America and reach, do the unreached people. We've got over 230 in our church that fit that demographic. So what we did is where we live, we've been very blessed with a place that's, that's the clubhouse. It's, it has a room and accommodates about 50 people, and it's a, it's a stocked kitchen, and, and it just works good. So what we did is we, without drawing this out, we started dividing up and, and inviting about 30 to 40 people, and I think we've been through about four different meetings now. And so they're, they're, they're wanting to know, what, what's clubhouse conversation? What's it about? What's it about? And you can sense as they came in, it's like, are you going to sell me something? Are you going to sign me up for something? And, and so my first meeting, the first few minutes, is just to say, hey, this is not Amway. This is not Shackley. Uh, we're not signing you up for a new small group. Uh, we're not. All this is is coming together and talk about life. And so we've been through about four of those meetings. But, but in the process of doing that, Barb and I went to a conference in Dallas regarding intergenerational. 
And we were there, and it, it, it was kind of a timely thing, but at the end of the week, Barb's back it was giving her some problems. We tried to get out early on a Friday, and, and it was too, it just cost prohibitive to get out. So Saturday morning, 5.30, we are at the car rental place. We, we get the car handed off, and we get our paperwork. We walk outside, and we're looking now, how do we get to the airport? Because it's quite a distance from the car rental place. This man in a uniform comes up, and he says, can I help you folks? And I said, yeah, we're trying to find the transportation from here to the airport. And he walks up to us and he says, well, I can certainly help you. Let me pray with you. So he puts his hand on my shoulder and on Barbara's shoulder. And he says, Heavenly Father, I thank you for these people. This man is your son and this woman is your daughter. And Father, I pray that you give them blessing. I pray that you give them favor. And Father, we just thank you that, that as you walk with them, that they will experience your favor. And Father, I pray that you give them the strength and the ability to accomplish the, pur the purpose that you have called them here to Dallas for. Now, you can imagine Barb and I, our heads are going, just can't process it all. Because number one, I mean, I, I hope we look halfway <laughs> civil, but how does he know that we're believers, that we're sons and daughters of God? And how does he know, because most people fly in and out of Dallas-Fort Worth, how does he know that we came specifically to Dallas for something to accomplish for the kingdom of God? And so when he finishes praying, I said, well, thank you so much. I said, what you don't know is we are in ministry. My wife's back is, is, is giving her difficulties, and we just thank you so much. And he said, just remember this. He said, there's a ram in every thicket. And I thought about that, and on the way home we thought about it, and later I began to dwell on it because I, I preached on that, Abraham and Isaac and, and the sacrifice, I preached on that. And basically when I looked at it, what it came down to was this, when we are willing to give up the thing we love the most, God will provide. And, and, and we've, we, have, we have experienced that in our personal life since we have come back, that God has been our provider. So we get to the airport, and now we're thinking security. Bar, I mean, she's walking over, you know, she, she's walking over like this, and I'm telling everybody, it's my grandmother, you know, I'm, 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 I'm helping her into the airport. She, and and we, get up to the, we get up to the security, and the guy comes and said, have you ever done pre-check security? We go, well, I don't know what that is. He said, come with me. He takes us through goes through none of our bags, our shoes don't come off, our belt, our clothing, our, nothing comes off. We walk through and he goes, there you go, you're all set. So now we're figuring, okay, we're, we're, how, how do we in Dallas-Fort Worth, how do we get to the, to, to the gate where we're going and, and we know that we're at E6 and we, we turn around and hoping we can find a ride or something, we turn around and the gate is 50 feet from the security point. So here goes Barb. We get her over there and sit down. We get to Cleveland. We get off of the plane. We go into the airport. There's the gentleman with the cart. We get on. He takes us down where we take an escalator. We go down another flight. There's another cart sitting there waiting. We get on that. He takes us to the gate and we get home to Erie. Now, I don't think that was a coincidence. I don't think that God places a man in Dallas and God gives us favor with security and gives us favor with these things just to simply say, well, 
You went to Dallas and had a great time, came back and enjoyed it, and, and maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. It, it just infused our passion that we believe that God is calling us to become an intergenerational church. And, 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 and I don't know what that's going to look like. I'm just kind of flying by the seat of my britches. But God's given me uh, information and he's given me insight, and we're so thankful for that. So I want to close out with this. Because you're saying, but Pastor Don, this, this doesn't include me. Give me two more minutes here and let me show you why it includes you if you are in the boomer generation. Take a look here because here are some things that you're going to deal with or you're dealing with right now. Aging parents. Do you realize that there will come a point in time when parents become children? It happens. It's going to happen. Grandparenting. Physical and mental health is going to change. Marriage. There are people in your generation that have been married for 50 years, but not to the same spouse. Things are going to change. Retirement. Adult children. How do I get my adult kids to catch on to the, to, to the finances and the economics and, and the domestic issues? How do I deal with that? And, and finances for personal use. You see... Many of us live in what we call brick-rich mentality. Our home is paid off. Our property is paid off. We have very little cash flow, very little spending money. And, and some of us have already been caregivers. My wife and I have walked through many of these things personally. We've been caregivers for our parents. We are experiencing what it is to be a grandparent and what it is to be a parent and what it is to experience some of the changes in, in the physical health. And, and we don't like it, but, but, but that's life. And how do you deal with it? And why should you have to deal with it by yourself when we understand that we can come together and have fun? And believe me, when we do the clubhouse conversations, we have fun. We have a barrel of laughs. We, we have a, 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 a cards that you pick out and you give an answer to. And one was... Tell about the time you were in jail. And the lady got this. She said, well, this doesn't apply to me. I, 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 can't, I can't answer this. And we had a guy on the across the room said, I'm sure glad I didn't get that one. <laughs> so, I mean, that was an invite. Okay, when were you in jail? He said, well, which time? So, <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of fun, but I believe that God is calling us to help understand that every one of these generations has to somehow commingle and coexist. Because quite honestly, Ray, we need their energy. And Joey and Danielle, whether you realize it or not, you need the wisdom of Don and Margaret and Ray. And if we can harness those two things together, man, what a, what a great time we can have in the body of Christ. So, each generation has been and is currently being shaped by life events, values, and worldviews. Significant communication and relationships must be addressed if the church expects to remain effective for now and in the future. So, if you've noticed, there is an insert in your bulletin. If you are in that 1944 to 1962 range, and you've never been invited or you've never been contacted, it's only because we don't have your information in our database. And if you'd like to be a part of this and, 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 and come and find out what's going on, 
give us your name and, and the information there in that bulletin, then you can take it to the West Service Center and turn that in. We certainly will be uh, in contact with you. I hope that I've been able to share. This is kind of a kind of a different Sunday between Christmas and New Year's, but I hope I've been able to kind of share this platform that we want to move off of into the next year and include these generations. And I believe that it's, it's, that will make the heart of God happy. And I believe that we'll see a great, a great change in what's taking place. And we're so thankful for that. Would you stand, please? Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning that you have, number one, you have showed up in your presence, and I thank you this morning that you have enabled me with voice and um, situations to be able to share this information. I thank you for those who've come on this platform to be a part of the visual, and Father, I thank you for those precious friends who have come to your house today. But I pray that we've given some information that is, is, is worthy of thinking about and, and digesting and processing in the days and months to come. So, Father, we love you. And, Father, we say very seriously, thank you so much. To God be the glory for 2013. And until Jesus returns, may 2014 hold great and mighty things for your kingdom. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless you and have a great day.